0: Uh, So my testimony in brief, and why it relates to loneliness, uh, was this, and I I need to say this because it does relate heavily to loneliness, is that I have been a Church of England vicar for uh, all of my adult life, pretty much. That makes you lonely by default, I think. Uh, No, it doesn't at all. Uh, 23 years old, I was selected for ordination at Bible College. 26 years old, I was ordained, and I was in full-time ministry until last year. About three years ago though um, we moved to a new parish and two days in my wife of about 15 years told me about the other man that she was going to go and live with with our children Uh, and what followed was uh, an interesting time uh, in which the children get abducted, get locked in a house, my eldest son who's 14 hides a key in his shoe and manages to escape after a few weeks Uh, with his brother and sister and the dog running barefoot down the road and jumping into the car and coming home. And then there's all manner of court cases and battles and lies and accusations and me just trying to fight for survival in the midst of it all. It was interesting, to say the least. Now, the reason I I share that briefly is, is that there's two factors in there which really focus on loneliness one is being in an abusive relationship of any sort can make you very lonely because you don't know how to talk about what you're dealing with with anybody the particular nature of what I dealt with was um, what is called uh, I suppose emotional and psychological abuse Uh, I lived under a very controlling uh, regime in which I was cut off from my family and friends People like Stuart and Tracy, who I grew up with, they've been blessed by not having anything to do with me for 15 years. And now here I am back in their lives. It's a delight, isn't it? Um, But more than that, my parents, when we had uh, me and my wife had children, we've got three children, my parents had to agree to be known as Dave and Lynn if they wanted any contact at all with the children. They weren't allowed to be grandparents. They weren't allowed to be known as nanny and granddad, grandma and grandpa. Any of these, those sorts of things, we saw them for one day once a year at New, New Year's, uh, and that was it. Uh, those sorts of issues become very isolating when you're controlled, when your relationships are controlled, when every time you talk to someone, you get grilled on that conversation. You start to go inward, and fear becomes a part of your life. So isolation and loneliness is something I know a little bit about. Uh, So it's good to share this with you tonight. The other factor that I mentioned was being a vicar. So over the years I've led churches, mostly large churches like this one. I've church planted. There was a time when I was, I had the tiny little bit of taste of fame. I got given a a role of planting a church in one of the most deprived areas of the UK and radio stations and newspapers and magazines and all sorts of people were really interested and they're like, oh, we've got Evan Cockshaw who's like church planting in West Bromwich. I was like, yeah, I've made this time I was being invited to be guest speaker at things. I was teaching on a mission-shaped ministry course. I I was uh, writing articles and being interviewed. And it was all about this amazing ministry stuff. And if I wasn't doing the church planting work, I was leading larger churches where I was part of a ministry team or I was the guy in charge. And lots of people were looking at me as being the vicar dude. And like, wow. And I've never been lonelier than when all eyes are on me and I've got to try and pretend that I'm happy inside. It becomes a very lonely existence. When you're in the spotlight, when you're leading others, you can't afford to let the smile slip. And there's a reason, which we'll look at in a second, why that becomes very lonely. Very isolating experience being surrounded by lots of people. Did you know that the UK is the capital of loneliness in Europe? Apparently. Some of my research this week has led me to that little nugget of truth. Apparently in this United Kingdom, we're not very united at the moment, are we? But in this United Kingdom, nobody mentioned Europe, uh, we are most likely to say that we have nobody to spend our spare time with. And we are least likely to say that we know our neighbours well. Just two aspects of loneliness. That's apparently across the board for all of Europe. We top the rankings or bottom the rankings, whichever way you want to look at it. Loneliness is a huge factor in our lives, in our society. And I think that perhaps, maybe, of anybody, the church should have something to say about it. But that sort of sounds like that we might be sorted And I would hazard a guess that if I go around this room, each one of us has experienced or has known loneliness at some point in our lives. And I would expect there to be quite a few people in this room today who would say that actually in my life right now, I am feeling very lonely. For some of you, you could be coming to church and being involved. I was involved. I wasn't just involved. I was leading. I was the vicar. And I felt desperately lonely. And I imagine that there's people here tonight who feel the same way. Now this isn't a talk this evening about singleness, whether you're single or married. It's not a talk about whether you're depressed or not. This isn't a talk about anything other than each of us being a human being, regardless of our relationship status or our emotional well-being, our mental well-being. It's a talk about us being humans and whether... We understand what it is to be lonely and what we can do about it, not just for us, but for others. There are apparently six types of loneliness, and I've added a seventh. Can we have that screen up, please? Oh, it's, has it been there for ages? Okay, so types of loneliness interpersonal, social, cultural, intellectual, psychological, existential, or cosmic, and physical. I added in physical. Sorry about that. What have I done with my notes? Oh, they're here. Rubbish. Right. I copied this off the internet. Can't read anything over here. Right. Interpersonal loneliness. This is the result of losing a significant or intimate relationship. Social loneliness. This is where a person is on the fringes of a group, excluded from a group... Or is actively rejected. It's a bit like Stuart, we often reject him. Ah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, cultural loneliness this is where a person belongs to a different culture and feels that they don't fit or belong in the new culture. A bit like if you're a drummer, perhaps, and no. So... I'm going to stop picking on Stuart. Uh, Intellectual loneliness, sorry Stuart, I shouldn't keep making references to you at all. Intellectual loneliness, this is where a person feels intellectually or educationally out of sync with their peers, their family or their social group. Psychological loneliness, this is where a person has experienced a trauma that separates them out from others around them. That is, it's something other people can't fully understand. Six, existential or cosmic loneliness. This is an isolating loneliness experienced by a person who is facing death. Wow. Grim. And physical loneliness, I thought, looked at those and I thought, there's something missing. The issue of touch, I think, is profoundly important. And you often see this if you. If you've ever gone or worked with um, any mission work that's gone overseas, where they've worked in orphanages, where children don't have intimate physical touch, a hug, a cuddle, play, just touching, there's deep trauma in those children. In old people's homes as well, just a touch on a hand can be so reassuring and settling for someone who is feeling desperately lonely and isolated. The physical interaction of two human beings, a handshake, a hug, a hand on the shoulder, is vitally important to a sense of well-being. More than that, and, and touch, physical touch, uh, intimacy isn't just about sex, but sex obviously is the, the biggie in that regard, that, that complete giving of yourself physically to somebody else. Of experience that sense of, of complete, no barriers, intimacy the Carlsberg of touching touches where other touches don't reach it's it's something I'm sorry I had, to, I had to go there it's something though which is part of our human culture and nature, it's something that we need and these others on the screen, these are things that we need We need to belong in a social grouping. We need to feel that we belong culturally with those around us, that we can can interact intellectually. For me, all these things speak about something more simply it is the act of being known. For me, loneliness is when you feel that for some reason, on some level, you are simply not known. The definition I've put my notes down again. The definition I came up with, I looked around and I came up with my own definition of what it means to be lonely. It's on one of these bits of paper somewhere. The sense of sadness brought about by isolation from healthy relationships. Being lonely is the sense of sadness brought about from by isolation from healthy relationships. A healthy relationship. Not just any old relationship, because I've been in a relationship which was not healthy and it caused me to feel very lonely. But in healthy relationships, when you've got friends that you can rib and mock and joke with, when you've got friends who you can disappear for 15 years and then you can come back and pick up where you left off, that's a healthy relationship. Because there you're known. To be known, to be understood, is the deepest thing that I think we can can receive as a human being. Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. The Lord knows us. He knows us intimately and perfectly. He knows us more than we know ourselves. We may not fit in with him socially and intellectually and all those things, but he knows us. We can share ourselves with him. Right, our passage tonight is over the page. Have you got Bibles? You can't even read your Bibles if you've got them. Can you? Right, I'll read it to you. Psalm 142. This is a Psalm of David. Psalm 142, verses 1 to 7, says this. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. Before him I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, It is you who know my way. In the path where I walk, men have hidden a snare for me. Look to my right and see, no one is concerned for me. I have no refuge, no one cares for my life. I cry to you, O Lord, I say you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me. For they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. So that was David, the slayer of Goliath as a young boy. That was David, the the beautiful musician who played in the courts of King Saul and calmed Saul's rage with his anointed music. That was David who led men into battles and won major victories. He was a soldier, he was an artist, he was a hero. He was chosen to be king. And yet here, in this psalm, he is afraid. The context of this psalm is found in 1 Samuel 22 and 23, when Saul is all out for David. He wants David's blood Because he knows that David is a threat to his kingship. And so Saul comes after him and David flees. And all those things that David had, all that heroic stature, all those victories, all his skills with the the harp and whatever else he had, were nothing. All he knew to do was run away and hide in a cave. And in that cave he had... Literally nowhere else to turn. Back against the wall. No friends around him. All on his own. And he was afraid. And I felt that fear. I've lived with that fear for a long time. And it's horrible. And it's lonely. Because in that place, you don't feel that anybody understands. You don't feel you've got anyone to turn to. You don't feel that... You can even really trust yourself anymore. You just feel powerless, helpless and hopeless. You can't begin to explain to anyone what you're going through. You don't know who to trust as a friend. You feel threatened. You feel fearful. You feel alone. You feel all of these things, even the existential cosmic one. That sense of, of loneliness as you face death is the worst loneliness of all. When I was 21, excuse me, cold, when I was 21, I went to Israel, which was lovely. And whilst I was in Israel, I uh, was in a Christian community and was really close to God and everything was spiritually on fire and amazing and fantastic. And there was a, a moment one day when I was on my bed in this little chalet in the heat and I was just trying to read a book and as I read this book it was a Christian book I felt God say to me get on your knees and pray and my response was no thanks I'm reading a book (laughs) and then I felt God say again get on your knees and pray and I thought "Oh, maybe I should And I didn't get on my knees but I did put the book down and I tried to pray. And there was nothing there. For the first time in my life I sensed a complete and utter emptiness that God was not there. And suddenly I was overwhelmed with terrifying fear. So then I got on my knees and I prayed. And I prayed poured out to god everything that i'd held on to by way of repentance that i i needed to confess to the lord and uh, and sort out between me and him but i was prompted to do so not by that usual sense of remorse and guilt over stuff i'd done but by this sense that i was about to die because the source of life had just been cut off somehow something was happening in that moment where i was totally cut off from god it was the most profound spiritual experience I've ever had and it was utterly terrifying because there I was completely now alone I didn't just have no relationships, no people around me in that time I had good relationships in my life but suddenly the one that mattered the most, God himself for some reason was totally and utterly cut off didn't exist, I had no connection to him And so I got on my knees and for about an hour, I just poured out every single thing in my life that I was feeling guilty for. And at the end of that time, I just had this huge sense of God's presence overwhelming. Just this cleansing presence of God, just forgiveness and cleansing, renewing. And for the next three days, I had this encounter with God where I could touch him. Well, it felt that way. Well, I was just surrounded by God's presence. It was powerful. And I've longed for that moment, for that experience again in the twenty years since. It's not happened again for me, but the memory is still very sharp and true. There's some other passages that I want to afflict to. We're going to hold our thoughts with David in the cave. Afraid and alone Pouring out his complaint to God We're going to flick though to Philippians 4 and verse 12 It's in the New Testament Somewhere They've moved it again God's electric power company Remember that? Philippians 4 verse 12. So, Paul was a man who understood what it was to be under hard times, imprisoned, shipwrecked, beaten, flogged, arrested multiple times. Uh, And he says this I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. When we're lonely, when we're cut off from these things, it doesn't have to be all of them to feel lonely, just one of those things amiss, and you can feel a desperate longing. The desperate loneliness can overwhelm you. And as David says in Psalm 142, is his soul just being sapped away from him. And I think the answer is, is partly in not seeking those things themselves out from God. Because I don't think that we can. I don't think that I can culturally connect with God. Can't really physically connect with him, although I had that moment where I almost felt that I could socially can't really none of those things really match God but what does match with God is is a contentment a peace a shalom which can be found in his presence now there's something else that we need to say about loneliness and and God overcoming loneliness God can't overcome all manner of loneliness because God doesn't intend to because God calls us into community and relationship he made Adam and very quickly thought it's not good for Adam to be on his own he needs a companion and so Eve came along Adam could have just milled around with God all day couldn't he God didn't intend it that way he intended us to have healthy relationships but and this is something that I've found increasingly true over the last couple of years for me When healthy relationships aren't easy to be found, when there is something broken and longing inside us, actually the first place to turn is back to God. Now that, as as I shared a couple of weeks ago, has been very hard for me because a lot of my troubles as I reflected on them seem to be God's fault. And when you're angry with God, it's hard to draw close to God. As I've overcome that that sense of renewed relationship with him has brought me back to a place of peace where loneliness isn't something that I would say is a label that I need to wear anymore. Those things on on the screen there are still things that I, I seek to work out in my life and bring into a healthy place again. But the sense of contentment, the sense of peace, no matter what my circumstances is a promise of God, I believe, that each of us needs to learn and relearn. Flick back if you're following in Scripture to 142, Psalm 142. David says this, When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who know my way. It's God who knows us. When we are brought low, when we are wasted, when we are just broken when we're feeling desperately lonely and longing for something relational to work well in our lives, God knows us. It is you who know my way. I, in the path where I walk, men have hidden a snare for me. When you feel that others are out to get you, God knows the way. But this is the, the bit which is beautiful for me. Verse 4, look to my right and see, no one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. It's beautiful because of the truth that's not spoken there. That's how we feel so often. No one cares for me. And I've got to be honest and say that for so many years of my life I've had no one that I genuinely felt cared for me. My friends back here and my family I knew cared for me but I couldn't talk to them. They were too far away, they were cut off. And so where I was living in the bubble I existed in I felt no one understood, nobody knew, no one cared for the things I was dealing with. And the beautiful thing is where we read truth. And we read truth in Matthew 11 and verse 29. You know, our feelings don't always speak truth to us. Verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light and we've looked at that verse a million times in churches over the years as this idea of walking alongside Jesus and when we're weary and tired and blah 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 and what's that got to say about loneliness well it's that fantastic picture where you know it many of you from Sunday school where you talk about that yoke you've got two cattle two oxen side by side with a big wooden bar over them over their shoulders and they walk in step so we get yoked to jesus and the idea that we're taught is that well we're following jesus's way so he's the oxen side by side and we're going to walk in step with him and that's great that's perfect there's nothing wrong with that but there's something more because when david in psalm 142 said, there's no one by my right hand we realise that's not true. Because there's Jesus by our right hand. When we are yoked with Jesus, loneliness doesn't need to be a part of our existence. We are always side by side with our Lord. The Footprints Poem. We're walking on the beach and you see the footsteps in the sand. And Lord, why was there that time when there was only one set of footprints? Well, that's when we were hopping. That's... <coughs> counteract loneliness we must find peace in God we must find peace and contentment in the presence and in our relationship with Jesus Christ but God intends us to be in community with people and so we must also strive to have healthy relationships with other people and this is where we have something to say as a church living in this country where we have this status as being the lonely capital of Europe surely we've got something to say about that so in my years of ministry going around to old people's homes I mean not old people's homes where there's lots of old people living in a home but a home with an old person living there and they've lost their partner from life and they don't go out hardly they're shut in day in day out and they are lonely we can visit those people Single parents, single mums, particularly young single mums, often live a very lonely life, isolated by poverty, by time, by resources. We can say something about that. We can welcome people in and we can go out and be involved. What did Jesus say? Love your neighbour as yourself. There's something profound in that, Verse: as we think about loneliness. Love your neighbour as yourself. I think that if anyone in this society today has the answers to loneliness, if anyone here tonight needs an answer to loneliness, then it is the church where we find the answers. Because in our belief, in our faith, We are called not to an isolated relationship with an invisible God, but we are called to an expression of faith lived out in community. And we are called into a relationship not with a God who will judge us, but with a Father who will love us. We are called to an expression of living with the Almighty, where he calls us to know contentment and peace, to know love and joy where he can bring healing. So as I've been experiencing healing in my life, so you can experience healing in yours. Where marriages don't need to always end if there's problems, but healing can be found for them too. But where, like me, you go through that trauma, God can bring you to a place of peace and renewed relationships and love and joy and peace. So loneliness... I've asked for my next sermon to be something happy. I don't want to always have the gift of giving people tears. But I do think that as a church we need to wrestle with this seriously. Because so many people are lonely. Now just to finish, my, my quest for not being lonely anymore actually started when I started to be honest with myself. And in being honest with myself, to be honest with others as well. And to choose to speak about my experiences and to choose to talk as well about my failures. Not just what others have done to me, but what I've done to myself and what I've done to others. And talk openly about what it is to live in a messed up, screwed up world. And it's in that sharing where others actually start to get to know me. I don't have to hide behind a fake smile anymore. Well, I don't have to be that pretend vicar at the front of church anymore. Well, I can just be me. And you can know me. And I can know you. And I don't have to be anything other than who Evan is. Except for this talk going online under the name of Peter Stevens. But that's a different story. There's some crazy people around. Be honest about who you are. Be honest with people here because this is a safe place. If you're lonely, if you're in need, if you're struggling with any of these things, then talk, receive prayer, be loved, be known. But if you don't yet know Jesus, then let us help you find your way to him. For he fully knows you and fully loves you. Amen.